So hello and welcome to this podcast from the Generation Gap. Another one of these lockdown ones, but uh, we're getting used to that now, aren't we, Chloe? We are indeed. Yeah. So once again, welcome back, Chloe, on this. Um, And today we decided to talk about something which is basically a historical thing for Chloe because it all happened before her time. Um, But something I remember quite well and was very influential. And I want to really kind of explore how this particular event or this particular item actually has changed our culture quite drastically, because I think it did. So we're going to talk about the Sony Walkman. Now, um, Chloe, first thing I have to ask is, I'm sure you know what it is. You have seen one or you even even played with one. Yes, I know what it is and I have used one, yes. Well, that's good. Okay, so basically the Sony Walkman was introduced about 1980, so 40 years ago. And uh, so we're really looking at it in terms of this happened 40 years ago, which obviously is well before you were even born. So Mm -hmm. that's why it's historical to you. Um, And... Essentially, um, I think a quick story. I mean, obviously, it's a tape player, but a cassette tape player. Now, there were tape machines. And if you look at sort of old films and so on, you often see these things with big reel-to-reel tapes, they were called. They had great big reels, which were sort of 10 inches across um, or six inches on some of the more domestic versions. And the tape basically rolls around very slowly from one reel to the other. And it records or plays back during the time it does that. And in the 1970s, um, Philips, the uh, Dutch company, big multinational electronic company, invented the compact cassette, as they called it, which was basically a little cassette player or a little cassette tape, all enclosed in a sort of plastic box with two little reels on it. So you didn't have to play around with two different spools. You had this one little box you could stick into a player and play it. And so obviously these were used mainly in those days for dictating. And I suppose I even need to explain what that means, don't I? Um, Mm. Basically, in that time, we're talking the 1970s and 80s, um, sort of managers in most organisations had a secretary. When you got to a certain level, you were a more senior person. The secretary was almost invariably a woman who took notes from you and you would dictate the messages to them. And then they would write them down in shorthand usually and then go away and type them all up. But then this idea of having the cassette tape was that you could, um, you didn't have to have your secretary in the room at the same time. You could record on this tape and give it to her later to type up. So it was regarded as quite a big sort of change in the way things worked in those days. Now, the whole idea of secretaries and dictating things and so on now seems also historical, I suppose, doesn't it? Does it seem like that to you? You've probably never really come across that. Well, um, I know... uh... In regards to people taking notes, like these days, I, I know people who will like record meetings and then go back and go over the notes that way. But yeah, not not in the same way as that exactly, but taking on the idea and modernised it, I think. Because I was quite surprised. I know someone who's a, a local newspaper reporter and she's about 30, I suppose. And I was at a meeting which she was at at the same time. And I was amazed that she was actually writing down in shorthand because um, I didn't know anyone even learns that anymore. But she did. And and she was very good at it and said, oh, it's really important. You know, I can make all the notes very quickly. So it's still still a good thing to do. But I don't suppose anyone gets taught it anymore. In fact, we probably don't have secretarial schools anymore as, as we used to. Well, I had a friend who studied journalism at uni and he was taught it, but he struggled a lot with it because it he said it was very tricky to understand. When you briefly show us, I said, yes, I would have thought it'd be a, a lot more simpler than that. But no, there is a there is a talent to it, I think. I think also you develop your own version of it is what I understand. You, you sort of learn the basics and then you tweak it a bit yourself. So at the end of it, after a few years, you've actually invented your own complete language. Yeah. No one else can understand it anyway. Anyway, so basically that's the history of the cassette tape. 
Um, and then in the 1970s, we had this big move in music that you could play music in stereo. Now, stereo is um, a way of capturing the music so that you, when you put headphones on, particularly, um, you hear it as you can hear it as a sort of you close your eyes and you can hear the picture, as it were. And if you're listening to an orchestral music, for example, um, you can start to pick out that the drums are over on your right and the violins are on your left or something like that. And the singer, if there's one, is always in the middle. That's the way they mix them. And so this was quite a revelation in the way you could listen to music. Mm. Um, so Sony was really clever and brought all these things together. They used the cassette tape um, to record stereo, which was quite a challenge by itself technically. And then they invented this player, which was really a small box. Um, the original ones were actually quite big. They were about the size of a paperback book. But quite quickly, they managed to make those smaller. And so you could put them in a pocket as long as you had quite a big pocket, I suppose. Um, and you could listen to music on little headphones. And that, again, was a very strange thing. Now, headphones before that time were really regarded as a bit weird and sort of nerdy things. That people You saw those sort of World War II films, people listening to Morse code and had headphones on. Or you saw um, uh, some people, I suppose, well, like radio presenters, I'm wearing headphones now. I'm wearing Sony headphones, actually, as a matter of interest. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and... That was really a revelation. And they invented these very small headphones, which could um, fit on your head, obviously. And the box you plugged it into, which could play the tapes. So suddenly you could take your music with you. And that was the real key to this. Now, does this all sound a bit weird to you? Because obviously you're used to having exactly that sort of thing um, as far back as you can remember, probably. Well, I can appreciate the idea of, you know, like music, first of all, music would have come about with um, you'd have to go to a club or a, a bar to listen to live music and and you'd have to actually go somewhere to listen. So then it went on the radio, which was a revolutionary thing. And then it to go on to like cassettes like this and be able to listen to through the Walkman. That I can understand. That must have been an amazing change over there. The thing that surprised me more was the idea that headphones that were seen as like, oh, you don't have headphones. And these days, it's, everyone has them. I mean, if you get a phone, they're, they're free in a box, you know. You, they're so easy to get a hold of these days. And, and most people will have a set of headphones in their bag most of the time on the go. And it was, that, that, that weirdly surprised me more than the actual um, Walkman itself. That threw me off. Right, okay. Well, I mean, the thing is that this was actually just quite a revelation that you could um, – when you put the headphones on or, or earphones as it was, I mean, the original ones were sort of small headphones and later on the, the in-ear phones, there's ones which we know now with the white cables and all their versions. That was a later development. Um, and the idea that you could basically, you, you created your own little world, I suppose. You go, you go around listening to music. It cut out all the outside world. And it was particularly taken up, unsurprisingly, by people who do a lot of commuting. And so it became a very normal thing to do. You go on the train and you stick on your headphones and you basically ignore everybody else, which is a very British thing to do, of course, on a train. <laughs> it is, yes. I'm sure it was a hit over here pretty quick. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it, I think it was about about a year after they sort of released it in America. Um, but they became very, very trendy things. And also Sony learnt this trick. Uh, they were, Sony at the time was probably the best known electronics company in the world. They were basically regarded as a sort of high-end one, so they had a premium price. They were the sort of, uh, I don't know how to put it, but they were, they were the sort of upper, upper level of all the brands. And so one of the things you'll notice if you see a photo of a, a Walkman, which I just sent you one of, of course, mm -hmm. um, is that Sony and Walkman are in great big words on the uh, box 
it's not sort of discrete little label. They had a great big thing splashed across it. And so people took to wearing these and sort of have, have them over their shoulder rather than in their pocket to basically show off, I've got one of these Sony Walkmans, you know. Yeah. So it became a fashion thing as well. Yeah, yeah, like Nike and like, like today where you wear Nike and uh, Hollister and things like that. Back then it was uh, Sony Walkman. Absolutely. Anyway, now one of the interesting things which was in the article we both read, which I didn't know, was that apparently Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple, actually was in Japan and went to see the chairman of Sony, who gave him one of these newfangled Walkman. And he was fascinated, Steve Jobs was, uh, because he was over there trying to buy bits of electronic components for one of his new computers. Um, This was the very early days of Apple, of course. Mm -hmm. And um, he basically took his Walkman back to America and apparently took it all apart and looked at every single part in it to sort of see how could I make something like this. And so that idea must have stuck in his head for quite a few years because one day, of course, many years later in 2007, I think it was, no, sorry, 2001, mm-hmm. um, he did, did one of these big revelation things he does or did to present new products for Apple. And he came out at the end and said, oh, there's one more thing I've forgotten to mention, this, and it was an iPod which, of course, was a direct descendant, really, from the Sony Walkman, but obviously an electronic one with uh, without tapes in it. Yes. And that sparked a second revolution, I think it's fair to say, because suddenly they were the best-selling item in the world, practically, for any electronic device, and they sold tens of millions of them. Um, and I think probably that's sort of within the timescale when you might have had one of those yourself. I... Oh, I never actually got an iPod, but I did get like a cheaper version of one. So yeah, but no, I I remember I remember because um, of course I didn't really have I had tapes as a kid, um, but by the time I was interested in music, I was more onto CD. So I had like a, a CD walking portable player look you know it wasn't very good in the hindsight so maybe you twisted the thing like it was skip the cd but um i remember the day when like i was like oh i can have all my cds in a little device that i can carry around with me it was it was a it was definitely a lot less heavier to carry around than all those cds that i had in my bag originally i remember thinking about this when i got a my first um ipod um it said that it could store 10,000 um, tracks. And of course, I haven't got 10,000 tracks, but I thought, well, I've got a rack still of records, you know, um, albums, um, vinyl, whatever you call them these days. Mm-hmm. I never quite know what people do call them. Uh, the 12-inch sort of uh, records. And I've got a whole shelf with a load of them on still. I don't know why. I never wanted to throw them away or get rid of them somehow. Um, yeah. But I thought, well, I've got, I counted them up and I've got like 50 or something there. I thought that's got like 50 of them with, um, I don't know, 10, 12 tracks on each, five, 600 tracks. I could get a huge number of those onto this um, new little device if I wanted to. And of course, if I tried to carry around the equivalent of 10,000 tracks, I'd need a truck. You would, you would. Yeah, definitely. It was so, definitely yeah. a change. So really, that's that's sort of what we're talking about here. The the changes like this. I think it's one of the things that's probably changed the most over my lifetime because when I sort of was young, uh, I got my first pocket money and the first thing I did was go down to a record shop and buy the latest 45 single, mm. which of course had exactly one song on one side, flip it over and play the other song on the other side. And that's where we had these terms. You probably don't know what I mean when we said the flip side was what we used to call it. Yeah, yeah. The main song that you went to buy was on one side and on the other side there was another song. And usually those 
the second one wasn't really very good or you didn't think much of it. Sometimes it was actually the other side one was better than the first one. It's just a bit of potluck. Yeah, I, I, don't, I must say, I, I didn't remember that from my childhood. Well, I was, no, I'm sure I, you wouldn't. <laughs> I can remember, I can remember, um, like, keeping an eye out for the next Top of the Pop CD coming out or um, uh, Now It's What's Cool Music or um, uh, that, that kind of thing. That's what I was always, um, every uh, couple of months when the new one came out, that's what, that's what I was looking out for. Yeah, but then, of course, you have to take it home and play it on your CD player or whatever. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. Okay, so really the um, the other thing, we'll go back to the headphones. I mean, these days, um, I'm always astonished by seeing people say, oh, there's really great new headphones. They're £350. Yeah. And I say, I say, well, they must be really good. Are they gold-plated or something? I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I do find it rather odd that people um, will spend that money. But, of course, there is a quality issue. But it's one of these things where I reckon that, okay, you might pay £50 or £60 perhaps to get a really, really good one. But if you pay, you know, three, four times that amount, is it really that much better? See, my argument with that is I, I've had it like indented in my brain ever since at school. Like, you know, you don't kind of flash those kind of things about because someone might take them off you. So for me, it's more like a health and safety thing. Like people who buy like 350 pound headphones and, and people know how much they are. I mean, to me, like say if I was commuting in and out of London and walking the streets late at night, I don't think I'd want to have them on my head because that's an easy grab if you ask me. <laughs> It's obviously a sign of where you've been brought up, isn't it? Yes, yes. I'm very cautious when it comes to that kind of stuff, and I'm like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna risk myself when it comes to that. I don't think so. So, so yeah, I would. I personally, I think the max I've ever spent on some headphones is about twenty quid. And um, even though, although I must say, the more expensive ones, I think they're good for the Bluetooth factor, for the fact that you can wirelessly hook up your f device or whatever to the headphones. And you don't have to worry about wires or anything like that. In that case, it works well. But for most most time, I don't usually use my headphones very often. And when I do, it's literally I'm not doing much anyway. So I, I'm, I'm happy with my 20 pound ones. Right. I think it's what I was trying to get to was, I mean, obviously, when the iPod came out, they also invented the, the white head pieces, which are the ear pieces you put in your ear mm -hmm. and the white wires. And again, that was a marketing thing for Apple, which they'd learned from Sony, I suppose. Um, you know, the white ones were the ones that you had with, the, they were the more expensive thing. It was plugged into one of those iPods or iPhones later. Yes. Yeah. Um, and what surprises me now is the number of people walking around, not particularly valuable or expensive ones as far as I know, but they're bigger and bigger so that people now have these enormous kind of headphones which cover up half their head, half their face, well, not quite their face, but they're, they're really big. And obviously they do sound better. If You can often hear the sound as you go past, which of course is what they're not supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah, well, boom, 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 boom. yeah well that's that's the weird thing because like when technology first came out it was very clumpy wasn't it and it was very big and brick like I remember my mum's first ever mobile phone it was like a brick and you could throw it you could drown it it would survive it was fine and then like technology then got a lot more daintier and a lot more thinner and smaller and it was like getting smaller and miniature and, and that's the same thing with the headphones like you know they were big and clumpy then they got smaller and smaller so they you know so that you cover your hair with it and no one would notice and now it seems to go back on itself now they're getting bigger and clumpier and uh, like more shouty than just as they were originally I think the other thing we, we didn't mention was in between times, and I, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but back in, I suppose, the 80s and early 90s, well, again, before your time, sorry, <laughs> but I mean, um, people had these things which they called boom boxes. Yeah. Which were basically, they, they, were mainly, they originally were tape players, uh, cassette tape players, 
and they were just big and they had two speakers because of the stereo but also very big speakers and very loud and they were particularly popular uh, or popularized i suppose by sort of break dances people from i think new york particularly where it started so people would be basically out in the street put one set one of these things up turn it on very very loud so everyone could hear for sort of half a mile around the area and basically do this break dancing and such things to the music mm-hmm. um, and this again seems something which uh, then they'd go away and they'd carry it over their shoulder Yes. Yeah. 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 I, Often yeah, I still know on blasting their ears. Yes. Yeah, so headphones were a godsend after that, I think. <laughs> I bet. Well, the thing is, well, boomboxes, the only two things I really associate them with is either, yes, the whole situation where they're in a, a park or a skate park or something like that. And they're all like, you know, practicing their dance moves and something like that. Or I imagine like an 80s romance movie where the guy stands in the back garden of the girl's house holding up the boombox over his head, trying to get her attention while professing his love. Those are the two versions I think of when I think of boombox. <laughs> I haven't seen that film, but it sounds like Love Actually, but I don't remember that bit. No, no I don't think it was in Love Actually. I know it's I know it's in an 80s classic film. And I know whenever I watch 80s themed things, they always seem to go back to that when they want to show their love. Right. Cliché. Cliché. Yes, That's the, the cliché. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, you... I mean, the other thing which gets me now with young people, probably like you, is do you always, when you're listening to music from your um, phone, do you actually have both pieces in your ear? depends where i am and what i'm doing um as i've already pointed out i'm quite help like safety conscious so i guess if i'm walking down the street i would have one ear one out just in case um but if i'm in say the comfort of my room they'll be both in right because it's it's really this thing about stereo um i mean when you you do if you have both ear pieces in obviously you can hear the stereo sound if you only listen to one of them you, you're only hearing half of it really and are you aware of that? I mean, when you, you're listening to something, you're sort of missing out somehow. Uh, I don't. Um, I do notice sometimes, um, but no, not not often. As I said, I don't usually wear my headphones very often, but um, I have noticed it a couple of times in the past, but it hasn't bothered me too much. OK, no, it's, it's right. I think it's because I've been... Um, Obviously, in the 1970s, there was a big thing called hi-fi, meaning high-fidelity sound. And you had to sort of get different bits of equipment to plug into each other to get this really good sound in, in, in the home. So you have two separate speakers either side of the room. You have mm-hmm. a, an ampl- amplifier, which basically plugged the record deck or the cassette player or whatever into. and But it made very, very good and, frankly, loud sound. Um, and then with headphones, you could listen to it the same way, um, plugging in and hearing the, the surrounding sound. As I said earlier, it's about this whole thing about listening to stereo. And the reason I think is I remember I was actually in Germany staying with some friends back in, I suppose it would be the early 80s. And they had a, a big hi-fi system, which I hadn't seen one quite like in Germany. They're very good at these things. Um, and the guy said to me, oh, put these headphones on. And I had a fairly big piece of he- sort of big over-the-ear headphones and tuned into the local radio station there which was broadcasting an orchestral concert and I suddenly heard this for the first time in really good quality sound and I realised how amazing it was that you could pick out in your mind the location of each instrument and so on listening to this music and it was really just amazing and it blew my, blew my mind away and all that stuff but wow this is just amazing so I, I'm still always very conscious of that and think people are missing out by just not listening properly. So when I see someone walking along the street with one earpiece in and one out, I think, oh, 
they don't know what they're doing. No, those are those are. The, uh, I think at this point, though, like my generation, we're used to it now, and I think that's the kind of thing we take for granted at times. Not all the time, obviously, because like I, there are loads of people out there who appreciate music. But I think, for instance, going from A to B, just to have something in the background whilst you think about other things, I think that's uh, that's what people like to do. <laughs> Well, of course, that's the other thing that um, a lot of people, uh, younger people, seem to be able to watch the television, look at their phone and, you know, type something in their computer at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly women, I suppose, because can, you can multitask, can't you? Us We're men, very good at that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think while I'm in the grumpy mood, I think uh, the grumpy old man thing, uh, the other one I think I find a problem with is seeing young people, and it's particularly quite young people, I mean teenagers, walking along with phones and they hold them out in front of them, looking at the screen while talking to someone. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't quite get that. I think it's because my thought is possibly they've never actually used what I would call a telephone, you know, which has the earpiece in one end and the mouthpiece in the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot of people don't really have um, phones at home these days, I believe. Yeah. But certainly the old fashioned ones. So perhaps they've never really used it. And so they've, they've actually decided to do something different. And they speak at it or they shout at it, which is the other thing that annoys me, because, of course, they're speaking some way away from the phone. And they're looking at the screen and they're walking along. And I was waiting for them to hit the nearest lamppost because they're not looking where they're going at all. Yeah, no, I must say I'm not a massive fan of that either because it's just a bit. It's like when someone drives past you and they're blasting their music. It's like, I don't want to hear what you're listening to in your car. Like, by all means, you want to listen to it, roll up your windows. I don't need to hear what you're doing today. Same for people who do that when they walk down the street. I, I agree with that. Right. I just don't understand it, I think is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I mean, it, it's to some extent, it's they've adapted to the technology without using all the historical sort of references I have, because obviously I can remember things which you've probably seen these in a museum. You know, there's these big red boxes in the street people used to have to go into to make a phone call. Yes, of um, course. <laughs> it's quite a joke that these days. Um, there's one actually in my high street and I don't know why it's there because I've never seen anybody go in it for the last 15 years, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, I just we've got we've got about three in my town, and one of them the the line's actually disconnected from the phone, so you can't use it anyway. So I don't really see why it's there, to be honest. Yeah, it just takes up space in the street, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's it's nice. It's a nostalgic thing to look at, you know. Like I I remember using them when I was about eight or nine, ten. I remember I remember using them um, out and about. But yeah, since since then I haven't really needed to. But you know, I I, I have memories. I think, yeah, trying to explain to someone possibly your age or a bit younger that you used to have to make a phone call, you had to go out and sort of find one of these boxes and queue up outside till there was space to go in and then put money in it and push various buttons and do various things like this. And they just look at you as if you're just talking from a different planet somehow, really. <laughs> if I would have phoned someone, yeah. I just phoned them. Well, yeah, all the thought that, you know, you'd have to go into a shop or something if you needed to let someone know where you were. And, and there was just a certain numbers you knew off by heart. like And you always, like, you knew, like, your home number or, like, your grand's number. And you go in and say, right, I need to make this call real quick. Yeah, of course. And these days, it probably will, it's probably affecting our brains, isn't it? We're not so easy to remember things like telephone numbers because we don't need to because they're all in the phone, aren't they? You just press yes. Chloe and it goes to you. That's yes, it. exactly. <laughs> Right. Okay. So um, we started, I I told you it'd go like this, really. Um, We started off talking about the Sony Walkman and so on. Um, But we got into kind of some of these technology things. 
you've sort of had experience of all the different ways of listening to music. Is your yeah. preference, I suppose, you got it all on your phone when you want it and you just plug it in and put your wireless headphones on and listen to it? Or is that... Um, um, I tell you what, I'm actually a bit behind the times. I'm not the average 25-year-old, I'd say. So for me, um, I... Uh, I listen to music at home, which I stream at home. But then when I'm out and about, I, I tend to like more, I'm more inclined to listening to the radio or I've got like a stash of CDs in my car. Just so happened because my last car didn't allow anything but CDs. So I had to build a CD collection up. So I had some music. And when I got my new car, I just hadn't had a chance to swap it all back over to a device. So I'm, I'm still listening to CDs in my car at the moment, actually. But there's nothing wrong with that i've got a cd player in my car and it's only two years old so yeah um, well that, yeah. that's my form of listening to music um when i when i'm out and about but i must say i don't i don't have any actually anything downloaded onto my phone because my phone's new as well at the moment so i've got nothing set up there but yeah so for me it's i mean music oh I, I i think i let people decide for me like as i said listen to the radio when i'm out and about but when i'm home i'll just uh, i'll just stream whatever's going on at the time Right, actually, you also mentioned streaming, which we haven't got to. Of course, that's actually now probably the next best thing, next big thing, in the sense that it's going to get to a point where people don't have any um, records, CDs, tapes, or anything at home. Yeah, you just basically stream what you want, and I guess that's probably what a lot of people are already doing. Yeah, see, I don't fully agree with it. When I say stream, I mean as in I go on like YouTube and listen to the music through that, and like use like a YouTube channel. Um, but like for instance when it comes to like paying monthly for a subscription music I don't like that as much because it means the music is never actually yours you're renting it essentially whilst I like the fact that when I buy a CD that is now mine and I I can have it forever and I can listen to it as many times as I like not I can only listen to it a month until I stop paying so I, I must say when, when everyone else is kind of jumping on the bandwagon and I understand it's great like you know you can listen to whatever music wherever you want whenever you know as much music as you like that's great but the fact that it's never actually yours I, I don't really like that yes that's interesting because of course one of the things of uh, your age group is that you are used to basically paying a subscription for everything and people are talking about this for the future where you might not own a car anymore you just share one with um, a bunch of neighbors and you all pay in you know a monthly fee to be a member of the car club and take it when you want it and that sort of thing right. um, so that's i wouldn't like that no no i wouldn't like that at all <laughs> right but it's because people young people particularly completely use you've got your phone you pay monthly for your phone mm. you're paying you're paying other bills for all sorts of services you're buying including like spotify or something yeah and it's the way people think so you're just thinking in short-term basis i suppose aren't you yeah i just uh, hmm. see that's the know. thing like I did, as I said I think I'm quite an old-fashioned girl for my age because I personally like like um, a lot of my friends have bought their cars on finance and they're paying monthly and they have to do a certain amount of installments by the t in within three years then the car is theirs or they have to upgrade I don't like that I, I like to buy out front or when it comes to like your phone um, I pay monthly but I know that the phone itself is actually mine because I paid for the phone so if I wanted to say uh, swap to a different um, plan I could do that because the phone is mine I don't I, I must say I don't like this this way the world's thinking these days where nothing is actually yours that they're encouraging to rent things and to subscribe things for a certain amount of months and that you're constantly paying out when nothing is actually yours and I, I just don't I just don't like the idea of that that's interesting actually because I mean yes I've got seduced into some of these things i've been paying monthly for my car for example but that's because i got a zero interest rate so it didn't really seem much difference yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I think we probably uh, reached our time here then, Chloe. So thanks very much for that. I think an interesting discussion as ever. And thank you for joining in with this. Yeah. And uh, we'll, uh, We went a bit off topic, a bit off topic today. <laughs> We, we did go off topic because we started off with about Sony Walkman, but that would see that we led did. into the. It's all the cultural effects of this particular object which we were trying yes. to get to. I think we probably did get cover some of those. Anyway, right. Thanks very much for that, and um, thank you for listening, everyone. This is the Generation Gap of Radio Verulam, and uh, you can uh, find all these uh, podcasts on Radio Verulam's website, radioverulam.com. So do look out for those, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to you again, Chloe, in the near future. So thank you very much. Thank you.